everybody. Welcome into episode five of Chris and Company. I am Chris Castellani. Today, we will be joined by a, a guest that needs no introduction, but I'll introduce him. Anyway, Jalen Watts Jackson. For the uninitiated, those Michigan fans who may not have been as traumatized as I was, if that name sounds familiar, he was the man responsible for uh, the biggest play in the history of the rivalry and one of the most iconic plays in the history of college football. Trouble at the snap, the muffed punt against Michigan in October of 2015. He is the man responsible for the touchdown that helped Michigan State win that game, and ultimately they went on to win the Big Ten that year. Had an opportunity to sit down, talk with him, had a really good conversation. Before we get to that, though, make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, whether you're on YouTube, Rumble, comment, let me know what you thought of this interview, let me know who else you want to see me interview, let's get those numbers up, up, up. Also, um, there is a chance that by the time this is uploaded, uh, you will have the opportunity, the ability to listen to Chris and Company in audio form on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and Google Play. Austin is working on that right now. Uh, by the time this is uploaded, uh, you may already have that opportunity. If you do, I will link it to the link tree where you can uh, check out all the links that you want. You can watch on whatever platform you so desire. Huge, huge shout out to Austin for doing that. Uh, and yeah, I think I think we're good right now. So yeah, let's get to an interview with Jalen Watts-Jackson. Episode five of Chris and Company. Today we are joined by uh, Michigan State legend, uh, man responsible for one of the one of the most polarizing, most famous plays college football history. He joins us today. We very much appreciate it. You know, I'm, you know, I'm right. Uh, and uh, and that is Jalen Watts Jackson joins the program today. Jalen, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Chris. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. Do you do you get interviewed by a lot of Michigan fans? Um. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I do. Maybe just on the street, a little quick. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my. I was just texting my buddy, and he said, "Do you get um, a lot of Michigan fans going up to you, commenting on that on that play uh, nowadays? Even so, even today, do you still get them?" Yeah, yeah, they're they're a lot more soft hearted when we're not inside the stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I can imagine. Yeah, well, pa passage of time has a tendency to heal some wounds, but uh, that too. Yeah, um, you know, so let's let's just jump right into it, man. I. I you know, I I've I've seen you do interviews before. I know uh, Jack Ebling wrote wrote a book about the entire in, the entire play. I want to just kind of uh, flash back to right before it happened because it's a weird situation uh, to kind of simulate during the week in practice, right? So you're you're down to going into the final play, nobody back to return the punt. Uh, had there been any discussion throughout the week? of being like, look, if we find ourselves in this situation, this is the play we're going to run, or was it kind of something that was brought up last second as, you know, kind of a desperation thing? Um, Coach D, rather he was a, a wizard or not, we will never really know, but <laughs> he he often just kind of had a way of, of always throwing out those scenarios and practice in general. Um, and, of course, us as players, we don't, we don't understand it when we're going through it or – when we know we're about to get out of practice and you're like, ah, oh, Coach D wants us to run this play or, you know, he wants us to do this this situational um, awareness. But 
there so there's definitely was talks um we had a, a whole punt block scheme already designed um so it wasn't like a call a timeout and throw it all together like in basketball you know last second play in basketball they got the clipboards out um i would say during that last time out i was i was zoned out but <laughs> i know for sure that it was mainly about uh effort and about the game not being over uh none of that was about really going to get the punt yeah and especially, and I've I've seen you talk in interviews about the fact that even in the middle of the play, you were considering like, do I go to bounds? Like, what way kind of there was such yeah. a helter skelterness to the moment that like I feel like the entire I remember even watching the play just every there was such a wait what just happened reaction from everybody and I think what makes your situation unique is the fact that unlike a lot of big moments in college football history you didn't necessarily get the chance to experience it in the moment because you were you were taken to the hospital right away. Uh, So at what point did you realize that, like, yeah, I just did that. Like, my life has changed. This is going to be something that people are going to be talking about for a long time. So, like, definitely, definitely, like, once it it happened, like, because with adrenaline, you know, you you only feel so much when when you're in pain. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely was thankful. Like, I remember saying, thank God I I scored. Because I'm just thinking, like, man, if I fell on the one-yard line, this all meant this all meant nothing, but I definitely was thankful and appreciative right away. Um, but I would say it really hit me when I I got back around my whole team, and you know, it's it's like we we started celebrating all over again. You know, I, I got to see the guys. You know, everybody was excited to see me because it it was it was rough, man. After like you say, it goes from being one of the highest moments possibly in your life to ambulance, and now you're in the hospital and. So I would say that moment I kind of walked back into the, the team meeting room, that's when I, I really felt it. Like, you know, I'm like, man, like, we did that. And then to, to icing on the cake um, as the season went on and we beat Ohio State, it just like it's like every week just kind of gave me a reminder of, like, you know, how big that was. Yep. And that was actually going to be my next question because throughout that season, even before that game, that team had a way of kind of scratching and clawing their way to a lot of close – wins do you mm-hmm. what do you think it was do you think it was the experience do you think it was the leadership what do you think it was about that team that kind of attracted them to those very close you know last second victories throughout the season I feel like that was the perfect in-between team of like coming off of your Rose Bowl team but also kind of bringing along your new era new age um so I feel like we had the the grit and the fight of like kind of the older guys you know the the guys that were the three stars that were looked over and looked over by all these schools that end up being great players in the Big Ten going to the NFL. So I feel like we had a good batch of those guys and then still a good group of young talent and the new age and new era coming in that that kind of gave us that. That Because, man, our, our seniors that year, they were they were relentless, man. They were on us about everything. Um, you can just kind of see from the beginning of the season, like the, the type of season they were looking to have. For sure. And it was that was obviously part of the – I mean, the golden age of Michigan State football, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the Antonio era as a whole obviously was special, but that three-year window, I mean, you guys are top three, four program in, in the country. And, and that kind of leads me to Coach D'Antonio. I mean, it was it was apparent pretty early on that there mm-hmm. was a player here that he was bringing to the university and especially to the rivalry that we hadn't seen before. What in your assessment made him so good as a coach in the Big Ten? What made Coach D so good as a coach in the Big Ten is he had a way of 
and this can be a good thing or a bad thing, but Coach D had a way of taking everything personal. Like, you know, <laughs> you can say you didn't like our jerseys from the last game, and, and it, it take them off just enough to make them want to come out. So he had, he had a good way of, of doing that. And, and Coach D, uh, I actually was just talking to somebody about this. He had a, a good way of separating himself as a coach and the, as a person. Like, Coach D was a, a great guy, man, like, a joy to have around, great guy. But, like, when he was in coaching mode, he meant business. You know, like, yeah, we'll we'll joke around, play around here, but, you know, we're coming to get it every day when Coach D was in coaching mode. So I think that's kind of what, what fueled him. And, and we always, even when we were the top, you know, three, four in the country, we always felt like underdogs. So we always kept that mentality. And I feel like we kind of drew that from Coach D as well. Was your goal from the beginning to always go to Michigan State? Um, I would I wouldn't even say it was. So my first ever bedroom was was maize and blue. Like my uncles were Michigan fanatics. My uncles graduated from Michigan. Um, so it it was a it was a, a Michigan family. Like my dad was a, a Michigan basketball fan. Um, but when I got to college or when I got to high school and I started going through the college recruitment process, um what meant the most to me was who made me felt the most at home, who made me felt like not even the most wanted, but okay, when I get there, I'm going to get the same opportunity as every other player that comes here. I'm going to get the same, you know, so that that kind of fueled me to to Michigan State. And then they were, they came at me early in my recruiting um, before I went to a lot of camps and a lot of people got to even see me display myself. So I always just kind of, I always just kind of, uh, how can I say this, held a loyalty to them after they, they kind of came and Coach Salem, that's who recruited me, him and Coach Narduzzi. Um, they always checked in on me, man. They would call me and talk about stuff, not even football related. So that that's that's what kind of drew me to Michigan State. Yeah, culture is a word that gets used a lot when describing, you know, great programs. And it's it's a unique thing because it's something that you can't necessarily put your finger on what it is, but you know when it's right. And I feel exactly. like throughout the D'Antonio era, he had a way of connecting with those guys because it started when he took over. It was about getting guys who were just buying into the idea that this could be something. And then kind of mm -hmm. by the time you arrived, it had become something. And, you know, you know three Big Ten championships later, uh, here we are. Do you do you still keep up with Coach D'Antonio? Do you still talk? Um, I do still see Coach D'Antonio. I actually see him around here often. You would think for somebody who's retired, he would go to Florida or something. But <laughs> I see him around here often. I've seen him at a lot of Spartan events. Um, I've caught him in Whole Foods a couple of times, so I definitely see him. You can tell you can tell he's getting a little older, a little softer, because he kind of gets a little tears in his eyes when he starts to see his older players. But definitely still see him around, man. He's still a joy to see. And I think that I think that's a sign of a guy who's happy in retirement too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. In the uh, instances in which they've shown him at Breslin Center, or shown him at Spartan Stadium, like he seems very content. You know, yeah, he had he's a, got like a, a smile frozen on his face, kind of. Yeah. 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 He knows that he'll have a he'll have a place there. You know, uh, whenever you know, so you uh, you obviously you 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 leave Michigan State, and uh, you know I read a, a piece about you that uh, you intended on joining the Air Force. Mm -hmm. um, I saw that uh, your father was at, was in the Army. Mm -hmm. What made what was what made you decide to go into the Air Force? Um, honestly, it was it was a lot of career. It was more career uh, oriented because the career I was looking to to go through was more like a cybersecurity career, but also like you know it was nice to serve the country and, and everything and and kind of just be a part of that elite group of people. But 
I would say mostly career oriented and then kind of like you like you say my dad was in the army you know he served the country I, I've seen what it can do and like you know the the things it can bring for you and your family so that was kind of my my judgment it wasn't necessarily like I just needed to go to Air Force or I was just looking for that that next thing to do but I was already coming from a, a point of being disciplined you know college football is man it's it's pretty much like the army like you, you're doing stuff all the time I just felt like it would have been a good route to take to kind of get my career jump started. Um, but like everything happens for a reason, man. I, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm glad that it happened that way, but I'm glad I, I gave it an honest try and, and pursued it. And even when it was looking cloudy because of, I got turned down because of sports injuries, of course. But yeah, even when it was looking cloudy, like, you know, I was looking for ways to appeal and things. So I, I gave it an honest go, man. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not butthurt about it. Was, was there a moment where you realized you, it was time to think about life beyond football? Oh yeah, man. I'm, I'm such a, I'm such a, a heavy thinker, man. I feel like I'm always thinking life beyond what's what's coming next but as you get into your your junior years and your, your senior years and especially someone like me who i say I've, I've had so many injuries in the sport like i never know when they'll be like okay like i physically just can't anymore i feel like i was always thinking about what was to come next you know and i also feel like it, it made me a realist because I, I know how the nfl works i know the training they put you through and all the testing you have to go through and like, just like with the Air Force, it's a liability if you take someone with so many injuries. So I feel like it, it made me more of a realist. And I, I got to really enjoy the game my last couple of years because I was playing for me and for the love of the game. And, like, you know, until my body can't do it anymore. I wasn't even thinking, like, oh, man, the NFL's up next. You know, I was just thinking, hey, let's let's do what we can and let's finish out this college career and we'll see what comes next. I feel like there's got to be a freedom that comes with knowing when the finish line is. Cause it's like, it's like with these NFL guys, sometimes they don't know. It could be, it could be next year. It could be 15 years down the road. But like in college that, you know, that you have a finite amount of time. So it's like, all right, I'm just going to live it up while I can, you know, during that run. Cause that play got re replayed and re you know, re shown so many times and it still does. Uh, and then of course you became, you know, a household name, people getting, you know, recognizing you kind of overnight. Was there ever a point in which it became, overwhelming because I had to have been such a whirlwind where you're like, Hey, I'm, you know, on the special teams unit to now you're at the you're at forefront of the college football world. Did that, <laughs> there an anxiety that came with that at any point? Um, I, I wouldn't say there was an anxiety that came with it. I would say what made it the most, I'm, I'm, I would, how can I put this? I wouldn't say I'm a private or a secluded person, but I'm also like, just not a, a person who is, shares my whole life with like you know the internet and i would say that that was the most uncomfortable about it you know because people come in like you say it's almost like an interview whenever you meet people and they find out who you are you know people ask you personal questions and you know there's some people they have a little bit more of a boundary than, than others like some people would just jump straight out there and ask you stuff stuff that's super personal so that was the biggest adjustment it took but no i didn't i didn't mind man i always tell people it's a gift i share with all college football all of Spartan Nation, all of Wolverine Nation, because even if you weren't a fan of it, if you knew that play or saw that play happen, you had some type of reaction to it. So I just try not to kill the moment for anyone else, man. Like I say, it's, it's something we all enjoy. We all got to live through. So I, I just, if anyone comes up to me and they're excited to talk about it or 
they they hate me because of it. I hear them out. I go my way. They go their way. And I keep on living. <laughs> it's got to be it's got to be a strange thing. And that's what makes college football so cool is that, you know, it was a huge moment in the moment. But you guys had a game the next week like you guys, you know, you guys still had, you know, uh, your goals uh, in, in front of you. And, and that uh, leads me to probably one, you know, a, I think an overlooked win. But because of the moment, you know, maybe people don't talk about it as much. But you guys went to the horseshoe later that year, beat an undefeated Ohio State team. No Connor Cook. You know, you're down. Yes. Back. Um, I guess coming into that game. There was, you know, I believe the 17 point dog, maybe or something around there, maybe even th three touchdowns. Uh, what was the confidence level with the team coming into that? Did it, did it not come across like a team that was heavy underdogs? Oh, no, not at all. Especially once we found out the weather conditions, we knew. We knew it was, it was, a, it was a chance that we, we, can, we can put them right or have them right where we needed to be. Um, but just like I said, the, the mentality we had that year in, in general was so crazy, man. We, we took on every team like they were number one in the country. Like uh, even when we we lost, we ended up losing to Indiana that year. I'm pretty yeah, sure. I think it was Nebraska on the road. I think. Nebraska. Okay, yeah. I think we ended up losing to Nebraska on the road. Man, I like I wasn't a part of practice, but the the way practice felt after that loss, it, it felt like we were playing Michigan again. Like you know, it was a total refocus because like I, I felt like we had kind of lost ourselves in our way. So it. That whole year, like I, I always tell people, that whole year was just like a movie in general in itself. Like from the the Michigan game to the Ohio State game to the the Iowa game later that year, it just I, I just felt like we had such a focus that year that that no one was going to deny us, except of course Alabama once it came down to it, I guess. But yeah, right. well, I mean that's that was one of those ones. I remember watching that game, and I remember watching that Bama team. That was the heart of the Saban era, where like yeah. They, they had some teams where it's like, could they could they beat a pro team? I don't know. Like that yeah, was that exactly was, that was just one of those groups where it's like NFL talent, first round talent all over the field, and obviously Cook having the shoulder injury, you know, had an impact on that uh, as well. You know, I've always been curious: have you ever had any interaction, or have you ever met Blake O'Neill? Blake O'Neill, that would be the punter. Michigan's punter, yeah. I think I've met everyone else to be involved in that play but Blake O'Neill. Yeah, I he has no because I I'd, I'd honestly like to have him on the show. He has almost like zero uh footprint on socials from what I can see. Uh <laughs> and maybe probably for good reason at this right, point. Right, right, right. But um but, but I, I just remember because I knew uh, he came over from from Australia and then he, mm -hmm. and he had a good year for Michigan that year. But I was always curious if there had been uh, any overlap because obviously people want to talk to you. I wasn't sure if he was as comfortable with people um, reaching out, uh, reaching out to him. But, you know, if you, you haven't met him, but throughout this entire process, whether it be because of the play or just because of uh, other things that happened in Michigan State, who is somebody that you've met during this entire ordeal that you were stunned to have come across? That I have been just stunned to come. Honestly, probably uh, Chris Chris Baldwin, the 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 surrender coach, man. Yeah. Not and not even because of just who he was or like, man, how'd you guys find this this kid? Because I I definitely asked Justin, like, how did you even find this kid? Mm -hmm. But that kid is like six eight. <laughs> he looks like he looks like he was supposed to be on the basketball team that night when we were playing him. I was just so shocked, man, because you see him in the stands. You're like, all right, he's a normal guy, and you see him in person. You're like, man, people probably spotted you out everywhere you went after that. Because like, I, we, we had a joke that he was more famous than me. 
Yeah. Well, he be, he be, you were responsible for the play. He was responsible for the meme. And nowadays, that's that's usually what becomes the the bigger story. It seems like in, in sports. Um, you know, obviously Michigan State as a program has changed so much just you know since you left. Multiple coaches, mm-hmm. different facilities. Have you uh been able to kind of make any sort of assessment of what you think about the Jonathan Smith hire so far? So I am a little slow to to speak on the coaches now, of course, because of our last situation. But I, I was, yeah, I would say that I'm optimistic, man. Um, it's a it's a great program. I know we've had we've had some stints of crazy things happening, but it's a great program, and our alumni and just the the people who support this program in general, they do so much. They try to be so involved just to make sure that the program stays what it is like, you know, and, and not even so much winning, of course, we all want winning teams, but just a program that you can be proud of in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I try to stay optimistic, man. I know that there's some, some great people in the, the depths and in the back end of things that, you know, people don't really see and know because you know, you know how it is with college football. Like it's a lot of politics mm-hmm. in sports in general. Um, so I, I'm going to try to stay optimistic, man. I'm not going to be quick to judge. Um, of course, I would love to come out and win eight to ten games next year. But if not, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm along for the for the build. I'm along for the ride. I think we look pretty decent towards the end of the year. I think we got some guys coming back. So I'm excited to see what what comes of this season, man. Yeah, I, I like the hire. I, I think he comes. I, I, you know, he comes from a program in Oregon State that he helped, you know, kind of revive. That's a hard place to win. And I think his his identity as a coach and the brand of football that he's trying to play, I think will fit in the big 10. And yeah. also now we, we live in this world of the expanded big 10 and, you know, 20 teams, what have you. And, and the age of NIL, is there any part of you that regrets or that wishes like, man, dude, you could, you could have made a lot of money on some trouble with the snap t-shirts. Or do you feel like that would have just been kind of a distraction during, during your time as a player? Chris, man, I, man, you know how many times it has been brought up since the NIL started, man. I, I was just thinking just, for a small scale of, of where it really could have went. And man, that, that, that probably would have been, it would have been crazy. Not probably would have been crazy. It would have been hard for me to keep probably playing college football after that, had that been the case, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy. I'm, ex- I'm of course excited for the players, man. Cause you don't really know unless you've been through it, man, you definitely go through some hard times as a player, both financially, mentally, and, I think it will help build the business aspect of these college football players as they go up into the next level, or even if they don't go to the next level, just finding out how business works when it comes down to things like this. So I'm excited for it or not excited for it. I'm, I'm happy that the, they're paying the players a little bit and taking a little stress off the players. I, I can see how it can fade into both good and bad, but I'm, I'm excited for it. And I think as it goes on and, as it continues, it'll be regulated a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that would have been to be a part of that. Man, I probably would have been talking to you from my jet right now. Like, Chris, <laughs> oh, man. no. Hey, I mean, honestly, we've done on Barstool, we've talked about a bunch the amount, the number of college athletes who would have their entire, I mean, you know, Tebow at Florida, what he would have been, just the brand, you know, as a player and the money that he would have brought in. It really is crazy how much things have changed. And I agree with you. Like right now it's kind of the wild west. At some point they are going to need to be, especially with the portal being what it is. The portal is ridiculous, man. The portal is ridiculous. 
it's it's gotten crazy. And I look, I I'm usually pro player in those situations, and I never liked the whole you got to sit out a year if you transfer thing. But now no. now with it, I mean, you 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 just had you know uh, a cornerback from Michigan go to Bama after winning the national championship. It's like that exactly, it just doesn't seem like something that fits the kind of college sports mold. Yeah, and and then another thing with the the porter I hate is man, a lot of people will jump out of programs that they're part of thinking like, okay, I'm going to be in the portal. They might never play football again for either a D1 college or any college, you know, because going into the portal does not technically mean you'll be picked up. So I feel like a a lot of players just kind of didn't know that or, you know, that wasn't explained to them before they jumped into the portal. And it's, it's canceled a lot of careers, man, college football careers. Do you think, and I, you know, I know you can't speak for them. How do you think, Coach D would have handled the portal because he was so big on getting culture guys that, you know, I, I, I'm just curious, like you see with Tom Izzo, he's kind of had some issues of being like, you know, I don't, I don't want to make sure that I get my guys in here. How do you, do you think that coach D would have been able to, to adapt and bring his guys in there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And one thing about coach D, he was very transparent in in how he moved. Um, rather it be like, I, I just said, like people jumping into the portal, him saying, Hey, you know, you jump into the portal, there's no chances. Like, you, you know, you get picked up or him just being transparent with other players coming into the program. So I, I feel like he would have he would have kind of fit right into there. A lot of people question Coach D's uh, recruiting. I don't think that was ever a, a problem for Coach D. Like people people loved Coach D, whether you were a parent or you were a ball player. Um, I think what happened with the whole Coach D thing is just kind of the, the times, you know, the game was changing um, in both in both how can i put this like you know more rpo the game was just changing in general man and, and that's the name of the game and being able to adapt or get guys that can help you adapt to how the game is changing and keep you relevant and recruiting and even being able to defend some of this stuff that is happening now like on the field i think that's kind of where things kind of got a little rocky because he's coach d was very loyal to our coaching staff and you know they all were kind of from the same era so i feel like that's where where things were a little weird with the yeah, I get that. I, I defend the recruiting stuff too because the older I get, man, I, I I've seen so many five stars amount to you know be, be backup players, and I've seen you know Michigan just won a national championship. A lot of these guys were you know, uh, you know, three four star guys. I mean, not 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 guys that were considered nothing, but man, I mean, the amount of hyped up players. I think culture is especially in the age of the portal now is so much more important than it's ever been. I think player yeah. development is so yeah. much more important. Uh, than it's ever been. I think it's a huge reason why we, we've seen, you know, more parity, at least recently in, in college football. I guess kind of what people are wondering about you now, um, what's Jalen Watts Jackson up to today? I mean, what's what's life like in, right now? So, man, I'm just, you know, living living the everyday life, man. I, I work. I just had a, a baby not too long ago. So Congratulations. Appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm, uh, I'm getting into the thick of it, man. That's the real – you think sports is hard? Having kids, oh, man, it gave me a totally different respect for my parents. I had to call them like, I am so sorry. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of long nights, I take it? Oh, yeah, a lot of long nights just coming off of one. But, yeah, man, I, I've just been taking life as it comes, man. I eventually do plan. I, I get offers all the time to, to coach, man, and, and things of that nature. And I, I plan to eventually come back to the game and, you know, coach some guys. But I feel like right now I'm still – super competitive <laughs> I feel like I, I need a little bit of uh growth in myself before I'm you know coaching the next generation of players and stuff so so I've been doing man just just growing man taking life as it comes 
what were some lessons? Was there anything you learned during your time at Michigan State as a player that you've been able to carry over into fatherhood? Any lessons that, that you've been able to kind of translate there? Um, I would say one of the biggest things I learned at Michigan State is how important mentality is. Um, and that's like just in life in general, like you can have all of the skills to do things. You can have everything you need to be able to do this certain job or play this certain position. But mentality, man, is, is what's going to drive you every day. How you come in thinking about how you're going to take on this day of work, how you're going to take on this next play. I, I would say that that has forever altered my life, like in the way I, I think or even the way when I wake up in the morning. If I'm not feeling the greatest, man, I, I just know the mentality I got to put on to be the, my best self. So I just try to do that every day. Fantastic. Yeah, you know, I, I you brought up D'Antonio earlier, and uh, you know you, you said he took things personally. I mean this as a compliment. He was a petty guy. He was a petty yeah. coach. Like he, yeah. And so I've always wondered, as a player, what was more? And I would like to ask him this one day too. What was more? <laughs> what was more fun? Winning a huge road game or going to a hostile, or I'm sorry, winning a huge home game or going on the road in a hostile environment and silence in the crowd. Oh, hostile environment all day. Like I say, man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, me and Coach D are, are kind of alike. Like I'm, I'm a petty. I can, I can be petty when it comes to it, man. And, and I'm a little bit more hostile than Coach D because you know I, I like to talk. You know I like yeah. to talk a little bit. <laughs> but man, going on the road and just walking out of there and. And seeing the fans, the fans are always the best when you leave in a place on the road, man. You know, they got some nice fingers for you and some nice words. So that's always I'm sure, the best yeah. part of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sure it's the I'm best sure. part of it. Yeah, and I guess that that year in 2015, that was like the, the silencer year because you had the Michigan game and you had the, the the game at the horseshoe, which, I mean, they're kind of comparable. Which fan base do you think was more stunned in the moment? Because I think, I mean, both, obviously, Michigan, definitely Michigan. <laughs> Definitely Michigan. Yeah. You can that year was was their year. Like more than this year was their year. That year was was their year, man. They they were they were feeling this themselves that year, and they had a lot of great guys too mm-hmm. um, on the team that year too, both young and and older guys. So that was their year, man. That that was that was I I, I would have if if we would have beat them this year to stop them from going to some type of championship or national championship. I don't think I would have loved it more than that 2015 year. Really? Yeah. Well, no. I mean, well, well, I think this year, I, I think what made that moment so consequential is how important it was to both programs. I mean, you weren't, you guys weren't, yeah, it wouldn't have hit the same if you guys would have had a seven and five season. I mean, the fact exactly. that, that that win propelled you guys to, uh, to, to making it to Indy, to going to the big 10 championship, to ultimately making uh, the playoff for the first time in, in, in Michigan state's history. So, yeah, I mean, it was, for a brief period, eventually Michigan got there, but for a brief period, it was the play that defined kind of both programs for several years there. Yeah. Um, was that, I guess, even beyond the win, well, what was a Big Ten road stadium that, like, you enjoyed playing at the, the most, like, from a, just an overall, like, an atmosphere and, and, and facility standpoint? Big Ten, man. Penn State is is crazy. That's what I've heard. Yeah, Penn State is crazy. Don't let it be a whiteout too, because man, you it'll be ready for you to get focused to run on the game. You just kind of just taking like by, man, it's crazy. They they got these big tall guys that kind of stand along the tunnel and in their their band outfits. You like, man, this dude can be a tight end right here. <laughs> but Penn State, Penn State was crazy. Um, the Big Ten has, has a lot of great stadiums too, though. Like, um, 
facility wise and like you know a lot of it you'll be you'll be taken by especially not seeing very many stadiums but Penn State is crazy the environment the atmosphere the people yeah no I mean I was happy when it was announced this year that Michigan was playing them during the day like yeah. for, especially with no <laughs> no whiteout in November I was like all right I feel a little bit feel a little bit better you know I think one thing that is is really great just talking to you and having seen you in interviews is the fact that, you know, you had this, this huge moment as a player, but you've gone on, you've been successful as a guy, you've become a professional, you've become a father, I guess, like how important was it to you in the aftermath of that moment to be like, yes, this will be something that will be talked about in college football for years, but to make sure like as a person, this does not define me. Oh yeah. That's, that's kind of just my life motto in general. Like, you know, you adapt, you adjust, but at the end of the day, I, I gotta be me. I gotta stay, stay true to my core values, my my principles. And like I say, I'm just I'm I'm a, a kind of under the radar person in general. So I feel like it was easy for me to, you know, accept accept such a, a big thing happening to me and then kind of just, you know, crawl back into my, my my normal life. Yeah, yeah. As as somebody who you described, you know, kind of under the radar person, was there a relief to when the media circus kind of died down and you weren't you weren't getting as many interview requests and you weren't getting people DMing you and reaching out to you? Like was that uh were you kind of like all right I can I can go back to student life here for half a second? <laughs> um yeah man and it, it wasn't even so much because of the the people like I say man I, I would I would hate to to kill this moment for anybody, man. And the main reason I do all these interviews and signings and this anytime people ask me in general to do stuff for this play, I try to make myself available if I can, is because of the people. I would say it made it hard. I would say it made it harder on myself every day to just go in and be back part of the game. Like my recovery time, like I, I could have taken three red shirts at Michigan State, but I was always so hard on myself about getting back playing um like I said I'm super competitive so I wanted to play in general but I just felt like it was always like you know what's Jalen Watts Jackson up to so I, I I was so hard on myself about always getting back right away and like a 12 to 15 month recovery for my hip like I, I was back in six to seven months like you know like so I feel like that that kind of was more of the relief when people kind of died down I could just kind of focus on getting back into the groove of things like you said yeah I mean it has to be such a such a you know, circus just as a person, as a player to go through that. I mean, it, do you ever, does it ever get tiring what going it, but watching it back? Like how do you, how can, no, let me take that back. How consistently do you watch that play? Like, I mean, I get tagged in something at least once a month that, yeah. that the play for sure. But I would say it was harder to watch right after it happened. Just because I was always watching, like, damn, that's when that, ah, that's my hip right there. Oh, like, you know. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's a lot better now, man. Like I say, I it's just part of part of the the, the monthly thing now. Um, I, I was trying to think what what made trying to think what was the most difficult coming back besides, like I say, the pressure I put on myself. Um, yeah, man, that's that's mainly it, man. Because I, I I'm I'm a extremely confident person man I've always I've always been a, a ball I've always been able to play I'm had some injuries in college that kind of you know made playing weird for me but I still was always a, a part of the team I was always too deep on the depth chart I, I would just say man it just put so much pressure on me as a as an athlete and me just who wants to be good at things in general just trying to come back 
So that was that was the worst of it. But other than that, man, I, it was great. I always felt like I had support from my mm-hmm. teammates, from other Michigan State fans, you know. So it, it, it was a blessing and a you know, it was more of a blessing than a curse. I, I would always say bittersweet more than anything. Of course, yeah. I mean, it's you got to be grateful for the moment. I mean, the the sure the recovery process. None of that stuff is ever easy. I mean, we overlook that. I feel like in sports, when we just you know to say this guy's got you know, oh, he had off season surgery. That's a big deal. Like that's yeah. not, we just kind of assume like, oh, he'll come back. Like that. No, that's something that affects people uh, for a long time. So we, we're coming up now. I can't believe I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I was in college at the time. Uh, nine years almost since that happened. Uh, so nearly a decade. What's the number one thing that Jalen Watts Jackson in 2024 has learned that Jalen Watts Jackson in 2015 did not know? Man, I would, I would say just, man, if I can go back and do it again, I I definitely would have leaned more on all my teammates and leaned more on that support system. I kind of was talking about, cause like you say, man, when you get injured in, in college football, you aren't a part of all the workouts and a part of all the practices and depending on what type of injury film and, and that in a way is your life at the moment. So, man, you, you go through some deep, dark times where you're not even with your, your brothers that you've been with every day for the past three years. Like you don't, you're not even really seeing those guys because they still got stuff going on while you're kind of still just going through the motions. And um, I, I would say if I can go all the way back, I, w- I would definitely just kind of just lean more on, the program in general, rather it be my coaches and or my teammates. Like, you know, I kind of secluded myself because like I say, it was just the pressure that I gave myself. All right, man, we got to get back, man. What's the next for, for Jalen Wise Jackson? Like we, so that, that would be the biggest thing, man. You know, it's, it's hard to go through life, just pondering everything on your own and thinking you go, okay, I don't need to talk to you, but I'm just going to make this next decision, man. I, I would just say talking to somebody always, always, made things better for me as I got older and kind of realized that. So if I can go back, that's what I would, would kind of do, man. Did you struggle mentally in kind of the aftermath of that play with, with the injury and everything in, in rehab and coming back from it? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like I, I was non weight bearing for three months, three months and some change. So it came to a point where I really couldn't do much of anything by my, by myself. Um, and like I say, just going from being in such a independent state to, now I, I got to call somebody to get me to remote remote. And like I say, with your teammates and everyone in practice and class. And like, it's not like you can just call them like they're your mom. Like, Hey, can you, can you pass me this? So man, it, it made me, it made me even kind of lean more on my non-football friends. Like, you know, just, Hey man, I know you might have class, but can you just come over? So it, it it was rough, man. It was it was rough. You you definitely go through a mental roller coaster, especially something like that where it, it puts you not only out of practice and stuff, but just away from the program for months at a time. It it, it almost sometimes feel like, you know, am I still even a part of the program? Or when I come back, how much fighting back will I have to do to feel like I'm still part of the program? Was there and I feel like it's got to be tough as well when there's this expectation, this great thing has happened to you, this great moment that you've earned, and yet, but you still have to go through kind of the the daily struggles of life and rehab. I'm sure it's got to be difficult in the moment to you can't be on all the time, and you're going no. you're going to have those moments where you got it. Okay, I got to got to work through this. How do I get through today? Uh, but no, I mean that that's you know that's fascinating. Look, I mean 
I'll be honest. Uh, that moment caused me a fair amount of pain when I was back in college. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's been, it's been talked about, it's been documented, but I haven't talked to you and having seen kind of your journey. Uh, if it, if it had to happen, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad all of it happened to you. I'm glad to see you doing well, man. And, uh, I really appreciate you joining, uh, Chris and company today, man. I'll talk to you again soon. No, thank you for having me, Chris, man. It's been a long time. Like I say, like you say, we were, we were both in college when this originally happened. So yeah, it's glad to see everything's going well for you, man. Oh, I really appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Have a great rest of your day. Yep. Thank you so much to Jalen Watts Jackson for joining us. You know, I, there was like a, I came away from that interview feeling like really happy for him because the moment itself will always be something that will live on in college football history. But, you know, it would have been sad if like he, he didn't advance beyond that. It's it's really great uh, to see that he's he's grown with it in his life and his career. Uh, really good storyteller, really good interview. Just happy, really happy to talk to the guy. Uh, fascinating guy to talk to, and I'm really glad to see him doing well, like I said. So uh, show him some love. Make sure to thank him uh, for coming on the show. We will be joined this Friday by Kyle Bauer, KB No Swag of Barstool. Uh, going to have a sit-down talk with him, kind of talk about his ascension to Barstool. Everybody loves KB, but I'm, I'm looking forward to picking his brain a little bit. We have not recorded yet, but we have scheduled an interview for next week with Tigers top pitching prospect Jackson Job. He will be joining the program. Had the opportunity to meet him one time when I uh, did a color commentary uh, game in West Michigan with Dan Hasty. Uh, looking forward to a longer interview, kind of talking about some of the changes he's made uh, in his time with the Tigers organization, some of the differences that he's seen from the Avila era to the Scott Harris era. So we're keeping the train rolling. Uh, like I said, I believe that uh, you should be able to listen to this podcast in audio form uh, going forward as well on, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Comment on what you want to see next. Comment on anything. How's my hair look? You know, how's this, how's this jacket look? All that be- jacket, sweater, what is it? All that beautiful stuff. Show us a lot of love. Show us a lot of support. We really appreciate it. Austin, who's working his butt off, definitely appreciates it as well. He might not tell me, but he definitely does. So thank you very much, guys, for watching. Really appreciate your support. The reception so far has been fantastic. I will see y'all on Friday. We're we're trying to make sure that we have Tuesdays and Friday uploads uh, now going forward. Twice a week. All for the love of the game. All right. Talk to y'all real soon. Peace and happiness.